to the Good Good Experience Podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. Soft and warm, a quiet stone, quiet as when flowers talk at break of dawn, break of So this thing does not take off without my other cousin co-host, Mr. Byron Bino Brown. What's going on, my man? What's up, Marcus? Hey, Kimmy. It's time for us to get this party started. Yes, 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 indeed. And what are we doing today, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to kind of shush it down just a little bit. And we're going to do Quiet Storm today. Today's episode is our favorite Quiet Storm songs. What is Quiet Storm, you may ask? Well, those are those songs that you may tune into late at night. Those songs that kind of get you in the mood to do whatever it is that you do at nighttime. You know, Quiet Storm, those songs, they kind of make you relax. It's kind of make you at ease about, a whole, about the whole day or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? You guys know exactly what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. So, but before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, we got to do like, what's good, good stuff segment and to start us off here's byron you know brown what's going on what's the good on here but hey marcus well i'll tell you what's good good beyonce is what's good good <laughs> regardless of the controversy surrounding her latest project the renaissance beyonce continues to keep things exciting and by exciting i mean with iconic collaborations according to billboard beyonce has enlisted madonna for the queen's remix of break my soul and after recently dropping remixes by Will I Am, Terry Hunter, Honey Gijon, and Needy Aviance, it's a welcome release. This marks Beyonce's and Madonna's first proper collaboration after Beyonce appeared in her star-studded B I'm Madonna music video in 2015. And she follows the cues of Madonna, channeling her Vogue style shout-out by naming out all of the legends, the icons. She shouts out Queen Mother Madonna, of course, Aaliyah, Rosetta Tharp, Santi Gold, Bessie Smith, Nina Simone, the list goes on, including Solange, Erica Badu, and Janet, and Michelle, and 
Kelly, all of the people that we love. And if you want to get a copy of this, all you have to do is visit Beyonce's website where it's on sale along with a lot of collectible merchandise. So that's what's good, good on my end. Kimmy, what's good, good with you? Tell you what's good, good. Legendary West Coast rap group The Far Side have reunited for their first song in over 25 years. The group, which originally consisted of members Fat Flip, Slim Kid 3, Booty Brown, and Imani, recently joined forces on Fat Flip's new song, My Bad. The track finds the rappers lamenting their regrets while atoning for their past missteps. This has been released on Lab Cabin Records. My Bad features an appearance from Bush Cassidy and is included on Fat Lips' latest album. So what's good, good on your end, Marcus? Absolutely. Got to send a big shout out to Lizzo. Her album, About Damn Time, is number one on the Hot Billboard 100 for the second week in a row. I guess going off the title track, About Damn Time. Lizzo is really doing her thing. So very, very proud of her. Remember the first time she performed it was on the BT Music Awards when she wore the wedding dress and she had the Yes, that was, that was great. I love that. And, and she had that flute and that yeah, just yeah. blew my mind. You know what? That's why I love her because I, I play the flute and that's right after my heart right there. That performance blew my mind. I loved it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I knew at that point that she was really going to be a star. So again, she's just following her dream. She's doing her thing. I mean, congratulations. About Them Time by Lizzo. Uh, number one again for the second week in a row on the Billboard Hot 100. Yes, indeed. Lizzo is living her best life, but it comes with hard work, as I mentioned before. Speaking of which, Kimmy, just to retract back to Beyonce, I know during pre-production, you mentioned something about Beyonce. But I just think everyone is coming for her. I don't know, just because they can, or I don't know what it is. It's like a we hate Beyonce thing, and I'm not even a beehiver. Yeah, but it's like it's it's kind of weird. Honestly, I think how she went about the project, I think, is what's got people a little irritated because she really didn't reach out to anybody. It's like they took the they didn't do the proper channels. To right, didn't do the proper channels, and people are finding out as things. Yeah, yeah. It's like you take the action and ask for forgiveness, and it just comes across as kind of arrogant because it's from the standpoint, oh, you should be happy you're on this project. At least from the standpoint of her fans, her stands, the beehive, you know, that's the consistent comments that I keep seeing about the whole project. Oh, well, they should be happy they're included in the project. No. <laughs> Mofo. No. <laughs> Kalise was right. I mean, I understood why she was upset, but I'm happy that Beyonce did what she did and took the sample off altogether, even though it wasn't really that noticeable. But but that album is full. Whole- thing is my thing was Khaleesi's thing was produced by Am I Wrong produced by the same producer which was Pharrell right yeah and that was his track to you no well this is the thing so the thing is it's that the fact that Pharrell and well and Chad Hugo cheated Khaleesi out of the royalties that she's supposed to be getting like with the contract that she signed when she was young, when she first signed with them, they took advantage of her being naive to the industry and did not make right on it. And as a result, that's why she was in uproar because she wasn't getting anything from it. They was. Mm. And she she was like, how dare you do that? And then her issue with Beyonce was the fact that they know each other 
and Beyonce could have at least just had a conversation, which artists should be doing when they're using other artists' material. Out of courtesy, they should be reaching out and say, hey, I like this song. I was thinking about using it, you know, with this project or whatever. I'm going to mention you as a collaborator, that type of thing. That's common courtesy. That goes without a doubt. And I just don't think that Beyonce follows that route. I guess that factors into my irritation with her. However, I would just say, <laughs> I, at first when I listened to the album, it put me to sleep. But then I did another I listen. Need to, I need to listen to it in full because Black is King was my favorite of her albums. But I'm going to listen with an open mind with this one. Yeah, I listen to it again. I like it. I actually, I don't dislike the album. I wouldn't even say I love it, but I like it. I like it. It's it's a bop. It's definitely a bop. Listening to it sonically, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm recognizing the samples and all the stuff, and all these songs and all the stuff referenced. And I don't see the people listed initially uh-huh. as as being featured but in the liner notes if you read the liner notes you'll see them all listed so that so that's the, where i feel a certain she has them listed in the liner notes but she's not they're not listed on the actual song as mm. correct because there's a song with grace jones so well, she's think, just like kind of just like oh and i might have she's actually this. on the song she's actually singing on the song so I, grace I jones yeah, but she's not listed. I have to go back to look at it, but I don't see her being as a feature on it. And at first I thought it was a, it was a man, but no, it's featuring for Grace Jones and some other person. But needless to say, for her tribute to the culture of what house music comes from and all of that, I appreciate it. So I'm not going to beat her up over it. It should have happened years ago, <laughs> but it, it, it's happened. So I'm good. All right, we can keep it rolling. So let's get it cracking, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. This episode is entitled Quiet Storm and kind of give you an idea. So, Kia, where we start first? Well, one of my favorite radio stations was WBLS in New York. And every night around 7 or 8 was the Quiet Storm time. And this is what they played. Won't you please let me love you and get a release from this awful misery? What is all this talk about loving me, my sweet? I am not afraid, not anymore, not like before. Don't you understand me? Come on and please pull yourself together. Got to do it very soon. My heart's on fire. Come on and take me up. Be what you make me, my darling, my sweet. was Moody's Mood and this original song was made in 1952 by Eddie Jefferson whose melody is derived from an improvised solo by jazz saxophonist James Moody for the original song I'm in the Mood for Love. Can you kind of hear how that could be those two songs could be tied together? Uh So but then one of my favorite jazz artist George Benson got Patty Austin to accompany him with this 1980 release on his album Give Me the Night. Absolutely. Such a great album. Great album. Absolutely. And absolutely. You can't talk about WBLS without mentioning the great and quiet song without mentioning the great Tony Crocker. Mention this, Kim. 
and then they played this WBLS and um, Frankie Crocker was the quiet storm DJ for WBLS 107.5 out of New York for many many years this is the song that he would always play it says that Crocker would light a candle and invite female listeners to enjoy a candlelight bath with him <laughs> he signed off each night. Yeah, Frankie, Frankie was a monster, looks like. He signed off the air each night until Booty Boo Beloved by Bokonese Cooner, King Pleasure. Crocker was a native of Buffalo, New York. He also coined the phrase urban contemporary back in the 1970s, the late before he played the mix of songs that he played. It says in 1979, he was showing between West and East Coast with the program duties at KTE in LA, which featured RB before the format changes to there on the East Coast and WBLS, which he called Disco and More relying on his expertise in finding music. But we mainly know him for his great playlist of different R&B songs that we will later go ahead and coin the term Quiet Storm. And that's what we're celebrating today. Quiet Storm, the songs that kind of get us in the mood for whatever it is that we're getting in the mood <laughs> for. <laughs> hey. Even if you're in the mood, even if you're only in the mood to vacuum your room, hey, it's relaxing. Or take music. a nice hot bath, like right. Crocker, but do it by yes, yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> relaxing. It was, it was a relaxing vibe that everyone associated whatever mood with. How about that? <laughs> so let's get into it, Kim, with, with that quiet song song. What's the first? So next one is Anita Baker, one of Marcus's favorites. Good love. Now, Hi, I know. Do, you know, do you guys know how hard it was to make this list and not put her on the list? I know. I was surprised <laughs> you didn't put Anita Baker on the list. This is even the one that Marcus picked. <laughs> right. No, this, no, Mar I, I this is Marcus's favorite artist. However, this is like one of my favorite songs by Anita Baker. So it to me, it's the best song to me on giving you the best that I got. That's a solid album. Her third album released in 1988, Good Love was actually the final single released from the album itself, but it really didn't chart. I've only seen her perform it once, and it was on the American Music Awards. I believe it was in 1990 when she performed it, right before Compositions was released, the, the album Compositions. Compositions, Marcus, yeah. Compositions. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very fond of this song. It takes me back to a good, happy place when a lot of change was happening. Now, do we know that Anita has a residency in Vegas and no. she, yes. And <laughs> she, I have, I believe I put it on our page, the Giga page on Facebook where she was performing fairy tales recently on stage. And she's still just a powerhouse on stage. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm more proud of is the fact that she was able to get her master's. Mm -hmm. I, I am so I am so proud of the fact that she was able to get a master. I'm thankful for a chance to rap her little Wayne. What I understand, those guys kind of helped her 
I don't know how they helped her, but they helped her get her master's and things situated. And I'm just so proud for her. Even everybody that knows me personally knows how I feel about Anita Baker. Probably Anita Baker is probably the greatest songstress of our area, point blank, period. I mean, there's no comparison. I mean, you can, talk, you can throw out the Aretha Franklin's, the Patti LaBelle's, and, and all those wonderful shock cons. But the, to me, those those ladies are in a class by themselves. Anita Baker, as far as like, just anytime she opens her mouth with a note, it just takes you to a, just a wonderful place. I mean, I mean, and you immediately know who she about. is. Sorry. To- exactly. As you hear her voice, you know that's Anita. Exactly. Exactly. So great choice, Byron. What's next, Kim? Well, the next one will be Gerald Austin, Take Me Where You Want To. Okay. Me close. Don't ever let me go. Cause you know. About you, baby. Forever yours. Just let the feeling flow. Well, here is my love. Take me where you want to. Signature soul from the friend of the show, Gerald Austin. Could not yes. exclude him from our first Quiet Storm edition of The Good Good. What can you say? Gerald Austin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is from his self-titled debut album that was released, the solo album, I should say, that was released in 1988. It was the lead single and it reached number six on a U.S. R&B singles chart. And it's a standard. It's a standard. You cannot have a Quiet Storm session without including this, I think. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I forgot about this song, Byron. I remember hearing it as soon as you played it. I remember the song. And for some reason, I was thinking it might have been somebody else. I didn't realize it was Gerald Austin. But Gerald Austin, with this with this track right here, kind of fell in line. I can talk about the standard that was set back in like the 80s and the 90s from our crew from those days. You had Luther, you had mm-hmm. uh, Howard, oh, yeah. you had Howard Hewitt, uh, you had Jeffrey Osborne, you had all those guys. And pretty much that song, that particular song right there kind of fell in line with the standard that was being set back in the 80s and the 90s as far as love song is talked about. So again... Big shout out to Gerald Austin. Again, like you said, a friend of the Good Good Podcast. We just celebrated our one year anniversary. And I want to say a big shout out to him. They're going on tour, aren't they, Kim? Are they going on a big tour in age or somewhere? That is correct. Gerald Austin. And I believe he lost a member of his band recently. But they found a new person to replace them and are now going on tour. So we hope to see him again soon because he did say that he's going to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. The door is open to you, Gerald. Come on back. Sophisticated soul at its best. Sophisticated soul. Absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Donna Simpson. What's next, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. So I wanted to stay in that mood. Once I heard the song, because I was originally about to play something else, but once I heard the song, I said, this is reminiscent 
of another song that we have on our list. So let's play the whispers in the mood. lay down somewhere and not necessarily with somebody just lay down <laughs> yeah. but this was first released by of course the whispers april 9th 1987 on the face records mm-hmm. babyface actually wrote this song with daryl simmons and this was on their just gets better with time album which is a very good album gotta get it Oh, yeah. You know, we, we really can't do the justice that, that we need for this group and this song other than just playing the whole song. This is a absolute staple to me in the R&B field, on the Quiet Storm field. This song right here just really takes you in that place. It's just, you know, we talked about the bass <laughs> that Frankie Crocker would, would make for women. And can't you just imagine yourself with a nice bubble bath and the candles and stuff? With this song playing in the background, I mean, I mean, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome track. What is it with the baths and the showers? They were talking about showers, Becky Cocker and then baths. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> look, I was going to say, you know, from yeah. the music, the video treatment for the song speaks volumes with the shower scene, all of that. It was just perfect, 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 perfect <laughs> narrative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how videos should be done. And for those, if we have any listeners in the New York area that listen to WBLS 107.5 growing up, you can tell that we're really setting a great standard so far. If you listen to it back in the day, this this is what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is what it sounded like back in the day during the quiet storm. So great start to the podcast so far. Kim, what's next? Wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I just put this in there? We are giving props to WBLS, but we must say that this radio format was pioneered in 1976 by Melvin Lindsay. Now, was here in Washington, D.C., so that everyone knows that you know that's where quiet storm originated at whur that's howard university radio melvin Lindsay. Okay. that started yeah i give you props howard university hbcu <laughs> yeah 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 so what's next kim all right so let's do some candlelight and you Ooh. by shanti moore Mm-hmm. And Keith Washington. Whisper to me, I'm all in me. 
OMG. <laughs> yes. That's that's what you call top shelf right there, too. It's up top on that shelf. shelf. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Shante Moore, Catalina You, her duet with Keith Washington, which appears on her debut album, Precious, which was released in 1992. A solid album. Great collection of songs. This song actually first appeared on the soundtrack for The House Party 2, which was released in 1991, the movie starring Kid and Play. But that being said, it was never released as an official single. But those who know great music and with the rollout that Shante Moore received for her debut album, everyone immediately recognized this and it was immediately pulled into the ranks for Quiet Storm Airplay. So big shouts to Shante Moore, Keith Washington. The song was it was, it was a banger. It, Say it, no it more. It really was. It really was. And then we talked about it before the podcast, you know, how Keith Washington and Sean K. Moore had so much success in the early 90s. This was not their only track that they had. As a matter of fact, we've got another one. Cam, do you want to play for us? Absolutely. That was I Love You by Keith Washington and Sean K. Moore. That was released back in 1998. Um, Keith Washington's album, KW, a picture, again, as far as like Quiet Stone Song is concerned, uh, the combination between Keith Washington and Sean K. Moore can't be denied. Sean K. Moore kind of had the better, I guess you could say the better, the, the more successful career. However, Keith Washington, his voice could not be denied. He was a fixture in the early 90s. Now, Kim, now, now, what do you think? Now, do you agree with that statement, or do you believe? <laughs> I, you must have saw my face. I'm like, ah. I did, I did, yeah. <laughs> but when you think about it, I think Shanti Moore was in was out there more than Keith Washington. I don't know what happened when it came to Keith Washington and his albums because he was a force. Like he we were talking was. about before, "Kissing You." That's one of the songs that comes to my head when it comes to Price Store, and that was Keith Washington. Just, just blew up. Plus the song from Boomerang. What song was that? Oh. But anyway. <laughs> he had a song on Boomerang? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But oh, I can't oh, remember oh, it right now. But yeah. So, but I don't know why he hasn't been out there. Does he still tour? Yeah. I, I think he's still making appearances here and there. I don't know about like an actual tour. I know a few years ago he was interviewed on one of my radio affiliates and he's you no know, he's still active doing performances here and there, but I don't I don't know about a full tour or anything like that. Um the name of the song was Tonight is Right. Yes. Uh, that's it. That's it. Tonight, tonight is right. Now, did, did you guys think what I thought when you first saw Keith Watch TV? Thought he was Denzel's brother. Did y'all think that? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. 
No, but he's very debonair. He's very debonair. So he still looks the same, believe it or not. So black yeah. don't crack. Black don't black crack. Black don't crack. Unless <laughs> you smoke it. Ha! Got that right. Ooh, yeah. wee. That's the truth. Unless you smoke it. Look, mom, I just lost a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> So big shout out to Keith Washington and Shantae Moore on, on all the success to their contribution, the Quiet Storm. To question the quiet, for you guys. Quiet storm. Uh-huh. I, have a question. I have a question. So as as we were talking about the genre of Summer Breeze, Quiet Storm, would you say that Keith Washington and Shantae Moore are actually peers in that in that realm because of the style of music that they started out with that they had the most success with even though i know shante Moore, she's expanded her sound a little bit but she's found her best success in doing this this quiet storm summer breeze type of music what would you say i, I would say so go ahead kim go ahead no no finish your thought no, no i mean i mean the, the emphasis there i mean you got you got this one you got ken light and you you got a couple of other ones it's just seemed like they just had the right formula at the time to make this type of music. I mean, their voices kind of like jailed. To me, they did. That's just that's just, that's just my opinion. Their voices jailed, and I, I think they had the right form at the time to make the type of music. So I would say, yeah, they, they were definitely peers as far as like the slow, quiet storm music is concerned. I mean, the Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell of mm-hmm. uh, Quiet Storm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that. I would go that, I would go that far. I would go that I far. Would go that far. Would go that far. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know who I feel is the Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell of Quiet Storm? Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway? No, Renee and Angela. Want to hear it? Here oh, go. I like how you did that. I know, right? You don't have to Now, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Renee and Angela uh, were. I wouldn't say I wouldn't. Or, I wouldn't call them the Tammy Terrell and Marvin Gaye of Quiet Storm, but this I is a solid. So. This is a solid Quiet Storm song. <laughs> yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Uh, I was going to ask you, Kim, what, what made you? What made you think? Great lead-in, by the way. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great, great, great lead-in, by the way. But uh, what would make you think that these two artists, Renee and Angela? Or the Tammy Sorrell and Marvin Gaye of the time? Because they did have many different songs that were on Quiet Storm together and apart, Andrew Wimbush. And <laughs> but they didn't they definitely don't get their due for their contribution to the Quiet Storm and to R and B period, because they were a force themselves. But let me give you a little bit more details. Renee and Angela were an American R&B duo consisting of musical artists and producers Renee Moore and Angela Wimbush. And in 1985, they released You Don't Have to Cry on Mercury Records on the Street Carl Desire album. 
And despite the success of the album, the duo disbanded by the end of 1986. So as far as vocals are concerned, is there anybody better as far as Angela Wimbush? Renee is all right. <laughs> as far as writing songs, you mean? As far as vocals, vocals. Vocals? She's definitely influenced. And you can hear, you can always tell songs that she has either written or produced. They always mm-hmm. have like that, that certain sound, which actually goes to show you the amount of input she had as part of the duo because her sound is solid across all of their releases. I mean, it's it's consistent even after the, the group had broken up. It's consistent with whatever she released. So it goes to show you who was probably taking the helm on most of the uh, most of the music, most of the stuff that they released or recorded, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I had to answer that question, I, I would go along more along the lines of, uh, like Byron said, Layla and uh, mm-hmm. Donnie, Donnie. Not Layla, Donnie and uh, Roberta, Roberta Flack. Flack. But yeah, shout out yeah, to Layla so. Hathaway. <laughs> Which had a lot of success with a lot of music produced by Angela Wimbush. So mm-hmm. that's... It's all, one, it's, all, it's all one big circle. That everything, mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of like tied it to each other. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's next, Ken? So we have one of Byron's favorites, the Manhattan Transfer, So You Say. song <laughs> <laughs> you know i gotta dig i gotta know dig i forgot like, all about that i was like i don't and remember I, this but till she said so you say it's like wait a minute i remember this <laughs> <laughs> and i had never heard it at all but it's, it's just a perfect fit to what we got going on right here i mean it just really is it just fits perfectly it but is, thank you uh, yeah you, you see what i'm doing i see what you're doing you pat yourself. <laughs> pat it. go ahead pat it so, you that. You <laughs> so, so you say it's featured on the Manhattan Transfer's 10th studio album, Brazil, which was released in 1987 on Atlantic Records. The album was a new foray for the group into Brazilian music. And during the recording sessions, they worked with many songwriters, inclu- including Ivan Lenz, Milton Nascimento, Javon, and Atlantic Records jazz recording artist Gilbert Gill. Now, this song, So You Say, was released as a single because I remember seeing the video on Midnight Love on BET. Oh, that Midnight on- Love. Yep. That was okay. BET's Quiet Storm, <laughs> if you all can recall. This album went on to win a Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. However, this single really did not chart, but it was a mainstay on Quiet Storm formats. They need to do like a BET Vintage channel. 
where they just have all the, the video shows that they had, good ones rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you would think you would think BT Plus would have those things, but they seems should. Like, seems like Kyler Perry has kind of he has some type of ownership in BT I Plus. I don't know exactly. He might. He has a contract. So he has that. a contract that's about to be over, actually. So he's apparently moving to Netflix, but he had a multi-million dollar contract that allowed him to bring those new shows that are dominating BET right now. <laughs> but they don't realize. They don't realize how if they were to put like Midnight Soul, mm. Video Soul, Video Vibrations, uh, Video Vibrations, just put it on um, BET Plus, we would watch that. Oh my god. I would love even it. Hits from the, even hits from the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what was the naked one? What was the <laughs> naked five, one? Move five, move. Milk it, milk it, milk it. That was hits. <laughs> that was the only. Stupid. You stupid. What was the naked one called? Oh, uh, I, what was, uh, not after dark. Was it? Um, it was something. Un, uh, I'm cut. Uncut. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't yeah, have that to that one. Back. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, the signatures. No, be honestly, it. for money purposes, they could put that on there. Some some people probably would. Buy well, it. I mean, yeah. that, that's pretty much what's out right now. I mean, yeah, that's the content. That's the content that's been pushed. But but if they were to bring back video, so like, like you said, Midnight Love definitely, mm, mm. and Video Vibrations, the breaking like all of the artists outside of that may fall outside of the R and B realm, but they're still black artists making music everybody and, will get some shine exactly i mean just watching all those old videos back in the day it would just that would be so cool i miss simplicity y'all i, I when, know <laughs> can we just get some simplicity we want music television we want to sit you know come on now. and actual videos that actual videos where they had like, storyline and stuff <laughs> but but it's just like you said byron it's just too simple. Everything has to be complex nowadays. It's yeah. Just, but anyway, that's that's neither here or there. What's next, Kim? So even though Marcus decided not to put his favorite artist on his list, mine definitely was on mine. All so right. this is "If I Was Your Girlfriend" by the Love of My Life. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all of the things you forgot when I was your man. Hey, hey, when I was your man. If I was your best friend, would you let me take care of you? Do all the things that only a best friend can. Only best friends can. Again, this is If I Was Your Girlfriend, the second single from the American musician Prince from his 1987 double album, Sign of the Times, the 
best album ever. It was a masterpiece. Yes, it was. I agree. The song was a hit in United Kingdom, but it was only a minor hit in America. It's okay if y'all don't get it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> but let's say this was, this is one of them songs where you would have Quiet Storm on, just vibing, but all of a sudden, that bass line would come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God. What say you? What say you? <laughs> of course, of course, you know, Prince's genius cannot be can be definitely unmatched by no other. But I thought it was funny. There was an old interview that came up. I don't know if we shared it on our page or not. Interview between Chris Rock and Prince, where he explained why he wasn't in video bad with Michael Jackson. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying that that you know the he said he understood that the first. I don't know if people remember the, the video bad, but there was a character, it was Michael Jackson's character, and there was Wesley Snipes as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, Prince was supposed to be uh, Wesley Snipes' character. Mm-hmm. And That's he was correct. saying that, that, that the first line was, your butt is mine. Mm-hmm. In the song. <laughs> like, you know, he, exactly. It was supposed to be a duet just, between them, a, a duet. Right. And right. That was it couldn't happen because they, they, they knew that there was no way they were too, they were two bigger than life figures, and there's no way it, it was too, that, that was gonna work. It wasn't gonna work. I mean, they they that two sons two sons cannot be in the same universe at the same time. There would be an explosion. Yeah. It would be cataclysmic. It couldn't happen. Your bud is mine. It just, yeah, it just couldn't happen. It, it couldn't happen. Yeah, I, I understand it now. I didn't understand it then how how they never. I never. Uh, I, I get it. Together, but now I understand. It. I get it. Now. I get it. I get it. Because Prince was a force to be reckoned with, and Michael was also a force, but he's very different. They both were very different, and it was just it wasn't going to work. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. It would you all say? Would Would you all say that the the minor? I'm doing air quotes for this. The minor success this single actually had was because it was really pushed towards R and B radio in the quiet song format. I believe you're absolutely right. That that's the only time you really heard it. I think mainstream or pop radio stations. I don't know. They didn't get it, but this song was a masterpiece. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, there's no song like it. Mm-mm. No, I mean, very you know, you know, you know, times are different now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that this song would fare well nowadays. I, I, just the way people thought back then, you know what I'm saying? I mean, let's just. Let's, I don't think they understood what he was saying, though. I don't think they yeah, got, yeah. And, and that's okay. I got but it, it. But it's been covered, like it. TLC covered it. And they did a very good very job with excellent it. Excellent job. They did a very it. good job. And they didn't play that neither. Right. Right. Um, they should have played at least that version and would have brought back people to the original version. But TLC's version was actually very good. I love it when people cover a song and they really don't change. And they didn't it, change it, much. You know, it was just sung by a female this time. Oh, did you all catch, excuse me, the backstory behind the song? I believe it was something between him and his girlfriend, who was the sister of. Wendy. The bass player, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Her twin sister, and he mm-hmm. allegedly felt uh, jealous of the very close bond that they shared. Mm-hmm. 
Isn't that some deep stuff, though? Like, really, you exactly. that into someone that much to where you want to just be all of their world. Like, you want to engulf all of that. And that's, every aspect of their life. Yeah. But that's a sister bond that you can't get in between. You just, I mean, just can't. You need to know your role. But if this is Prince. So your butt every, is mine. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... And as much as I love him, he expected everyone to just be wanting to have every part of him. And and right. he expected the same from you. So right. I right. get it. I get it. Yeah. What's next, Ken? So this was one of, he, this person is actually another great fan of Prince. And you can hear it in his music. This is D'Angelo mm. with Really Love. When you call my name, bring your love gently. When you talk to me, to do more. I'm a really love gently. I'm a really love gently. When you look at me, open up and stop. Anybody, when anyone oh, sings in falsetto like that, that's channeling Prince. It immediately, mm-hmm. always. But he does a very good job. Mm-hmm. And not only that, to, to listen to the, the Spanish guitar, the, mm-hmm. the bass, all the instruments that present themselves in the song. D'Angelo really did his thing. Let me, let me get to the tip. That was really loved by D'Angelo from his 2014 album, Black Messiah. Containing the sample of We the People Who Are Darker Than Blue by Curtis Mayfield. This song hit number 43 on the hot R&B and hip-hop charts. was nominated for a record of the year by the Grammys in 2016. The song speaks for itself. It speaks to his genius, his expertise, and uh, he's just doing his thing this one. And I just, but, but before that, let me get go back real quick. This was actually, a big shout out to my wife. This was, this was her pick. <laughs> uh, All right. Great pick, girl. Yeah. Great pick. Big shout out to my wife, Shamika. because she actually picked this one and another one that we'll get into later. But she actually picked this song. She thought this would be a good vibe for us on this uh, particular episode. And I, I couldn't think of a better song for her to pick. Again, D'Angelo really did his thing on this one. Didn't need the success that he had earlier with Brown Sugar and, and all those songs, but how it was still solid for that particular time. That album was exceptional. That was hit. That album was his masterpiece, but like you said, people didn't get it. You said he got nominated for a Grammy, but he didn't win. And I think a lot he of people win. may have been thrown off because it was D'Angelo and the Vanguard. That's the band yes. that he he had put together, even though D'Angelo probably paid all of the instruments <laughs> for the recording session. I think that probably factored into how well or how it did not perform. But it's solid. Like Kim said, it's, it's a solid release. I loved it. And just 
to piggyback or go back to the to print, one of the members of the Vanguard was actually Jesse Johnson from the time who was produced by Prince. Right. Jesse wow. Johnson review. Yes. He was the guitar player in the pink. He had on a pink. Yeah. I know pink is always his color. He had sure. on a pink suit. So yeah. Jesse Johnson was the guitar player. Okay. All right. All right. Nice tidbit there, um, Kim. Yep. <laughs> Look, Kim is dropping the gems. Yes, she is. Yes, playing she with is. me and my pranks and my music stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't mad at you. What's, what's next, though? All right. Next up is Van Hunt, Down Here in Hell. Mm. Talk about Prince influence. Mm-hmm. What would I do if we were perfect? Yeah, Van Hunt, to me, is another one that's influenced by Prince. If you've ever seen them live, you would understand as well. But this is taken from his self-titled debut album that was released in 2004 on Capitol Records. It was actually the second single release. The first single on the album was, was Seconds of Pleasure. That was the very first one that you heard circulating around the more adult R&B radio stations but for some reason down here in hell with you it's the one that really just registered with me immediately i connected with this and i love the groove and to see him perform this live it takes on a whole nother level just takes you away with the guitars and need to can't say any more about it and that guitar (laughs) riff was very reminiscent very reminiscent Mm. i I can hear it i can hear it yeah i the song until now but it definitely fits the mold that we're, we're trying to set here van hunt now are they are they rb artists what, what, what type of genre yeah van is he van hunt this is Halle Berry's current boyfriend by the way he's been he they got married husband oh they are married now okay, okay. Mm-hmm. i know they've been linked up for years but yeah he he's uh he's an artist uh and he falls I think just like how prince was pushing envelopes and dipping in and out of r&b and rock genres Van Hunt follows that same vein because his stuff is heavy, has a heavy rock influence. The the albums that followed were more alternative, like Lenny Kravitz. So Van Hunt, Lenny Kravitz, they would be in around the same gotcha. vein, you know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, great, great pick, bar, great pick, bar. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So what's next? All right. So next up, we will play "It Would Be You" by Johnny Gill. If you ever took your love away, I can truly say I'd die right here today. Don't give me the world. I just want my girl. I could have anything. I could get on everything. Everything that would be you. It would be you. Yeah, yeah. I just want you. All I want is you. 
I was yes. going to ask you, Marcus, what made you pick this particular one? I didn't pick it. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. That was, was going to be my question, but thank you for clarifying that. It's great. A- absolutely. You know, I mentioned my wife a couple of times, but I mean, she's so shy, but she knows music. I mean, just as well as you know, all of us, mm-hmm. you know, she, she knows it. She, she really does. But be that, that's neither here nor there. This is from Johnny Gill. It would be you by Johnny Gill from 2011 album, Still Winning. The actual album itself peaked at number 17. It hit the Billboard 200 R&B charts. It hit number four. And this particular song did not chart. It also, the album included the song In the Mood, which had a little bit more success to it. But this song, this album is just a testament to Johnny Gill and his longevity. Uh, We all know about the success with the new edition. But he has had a hell, a hell of an R&B career himself, not just with LSG, but as a solo artist. And so he's still doing his thing today. You always see something new coming with Johnny Gill. If it's just him or him or one of the members of New Edition, mm-hmm. you'll always see Johnny Gill every, like every year or every other year coming out with some type of new material. Mm-hmm. And this is just yeah. part of his catalog. So big shout out to him. I would say this about Johnny Gill. I'm happy that he is definitely enjoying a long, fruitful career. And he's consistent. Like you were saying, he's very consistent, whether it's solo with New Edition or LSG. We haven't talked about his collaborations with Gerald Avert and Keith Sweat. LSG was, they did have one of those songs. That was notable, that was right? And they were Definitely this, Quiet Storm. And they were on this album too. They had a song Long, Long Time on this album. Well, actually, Eddie LeVert stood in for the late, great Gerald LeVert on that song. So, yeah, we cannot ever leave Johnny Gill out of a Quiet Storm session, ever. Honestly, when I think of Quiet Storm, the Johnny Gill song that comes to mind is Mm. There You Go. There You Go. Exactly. Um, Again, we have mentioned the Boomerang soundtrack. (laughs) And mine is My, 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 because that's that's Mm. to be like... That's top shelf right there, too. So that's why I was yeah. going to ask you. I said, Marcus, I said, what made you choose this particular song with, with those gems? But you didn't choose this. I, I would love to hear Shamika. <laughs> I would love to hear her reasonings behind it. So you need to bring her on the show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now, uh, this is the second song that my wife picked. She picked this one uh, by Johnny Gill, It Would Be You. And she also picked Really Love by D'Angelo. Now, for those who want to know the reason behind why she picked those songs, well, here's her reason right here. Now, tell us what about those songs that you like that made you select those. I like them. And what else? I just like the songs a lot. They remind you of us? Yeah. You're a Johnny Gill fan? Yes, I'm a big Johnny Gill fan. And there you go. So, but guys, just just want to say, if it was me, you know, the song that I would pick, I, I still would have picked Johnny Gill, but I would have picked the song Quiet Time. Oh, good uh, one. I can't remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, you've you heard it, trust me. Trust me, you've heard it quiet time. Yeah, you've heard quiet time. Yeah, yeah. That would have been my pick. Okay, okay, Marcus. Yeah, yeah, that would have been my pick. But here you go. What's next? Right in. So next up is another artist that does not get her props like she should. Because back in the day, you heard Karen White all the time. 
And here you go with Love Side. Another debut album track for an artist, Karen White's debut album, self-titled, released in 1988. Love Saw It was the third single released from this album. It was released actually in 1989, February 27th, 1989. And actually, believe it or not, did not perform as well as her previous or all of the other singles, um, The Way That You Love Me, Superwoman, and Secret Rendezvous, which came after Love Saw It. And I think... Because it was probably pushed on through the channels of Quiet Storm, Black Radio, or whatever. That's probably why, because it did not chart at all on the pop charts. All the other Mm -hmm. singles did. But I know this was on heavy rotation on V103 in Atlanta. We heard that all the time (laughs) during the Quiet Storm show. I heard it too. I mean, it makes makes sense to to what, what you were saying, that she had so many hits, especially from that album. Mm-hmm. They push one. They'll they'll push one out, and I guess they, I guess they really didn't pay attention how well it did or how or it didn't do. But they would push another one. I remember on Secret Rendezvous that did a hell of a lot better than this one. No shade trying to be thrown. I mean, Karen White was a very solid artist mm-hmm. uh, during her time. She did her thing. But Still I, is. I do remember the song. But yeah, I remember the song, but I don't remember you know this particular song getting the push that some of the others did. Okay, Karen, what you think of it? I like it. <laughs> no, 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 I love Karen White. Karen White and Babyface was a match made in heaven. Being that this is another duet, do they have a better sound than Renee and Angela, though? No, but does Renee and Angela have a better sound than Keith Washington and Shantae Moore? They all, I think they all fit. This was a vibe. This was a right vibe Mm -hmm. at that time. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. this was like what I was expecting to hear whenever the slow music was playing, quiet song was playing. So, Mm -hmm. and it still is when it comes on, it takes me back to the mindset I was in in 1989 when it was out. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's an amazing song to me. LA and Babyface did their thing with this song. It's so interesting how she was married to Terry Terry Lewis. Terry Lewis from Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Terry Lewis, Lewis yeah. who are other yeah. who two great producers who I always kind of compare with LaFace records. So, and it's so interesting how she does a song with Babyface, but she's married to Terry Lewis. Yep. But stay tuned because we do have the flight time and mm-hmm. LaFace sessions coming up. So. Yes, hey, she wait a minute. Come on, come on, come on, come on. She was married to Terry Lewis as well. I, I'm thinking about the, the girl from In Vogue. Wasn't she married to him? No, not that I was. I don't recall. Never heard she that. 
Look what, it up. What is the girl? Terry. Now, Terry from Invogue. Would you mind to marry him after they got divorced? No, Terry. No, Terry from Invogue has been involved with one of their producers, but I haven't heard of anyone from Invogue linking up with Jimmy Jam or Terry Lewis. And Karen gonna... was definitely married to Terry Lewis. Yep, show was. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember seeing mm-hmm. that in Jet. Yep. B T S. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are right. You guys are right. Uh, she was married to uh, Denzel Foster. I don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Terry Lewis is nowhere involved. I could have sworn for some reason Terry Ellis was married. You just got. So you just heard the name Terry and just associated that. Terry, yeah. I, 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 I get excited <laughs> with the name Terry, yeah. <laughs> What's next, Kim? So, one great artist who's still doing it today, Kim with Love Call. Ooh. Because his voice changes so much within mm-hmm. a, a segment, it, you think it's gonna be soft, and then it's burping, and then it's <laughs> ewing, and ewing, and and Al Jarreau used to do the same thing. <laughs> but I've not heard him scat. I haven't heard Kim no. really scat yet. I have he to tries to, to a little bit in that. In that I know song. he tries to. He he does some. He tries to a little bit. I think he, I know I mean, he can I scat. Mean, I know he can. I mean, it, it like he, like he said, well, I guess I did be do, but do do that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me do this, guys. That was Love Calls by the artist Kim from the 2003 album Chemistry, which peaked at number 25 on the R&B charts. And, you know, I think it's safe to say Kim is probably one of the most underrated R&B singers of his time. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just so talented. He puts Very out talented. such great music. I think it's the first. Chemistry. <laughs> I think, I, I think hey, that's his album. That's what it's from. Chemistry <laughs> is probably one of the top 15 albums, R&B albums of all time. There it is. I said it. I, I agree. It. I would agree because he, he took that baton and he's been running with that baton ever since. Mm-hmm. At least Every for second. the 2000s, you know. Yeah, it's 22. Want, he's been out since the early 2000s. Yeah, if you want, if you want to get yeah critical about it yeah he's remained within the quiet storm vein that sophisticated soul vein consistently yeah, yeah. i think it's 2002 and, 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 was it 2002 that he d- debuted what year was it 2003 okay yeah and, and like i said he has been consistent over the years i think he's quietly gotten the, the recognition he deserved i, I mm-hmm. think he has i mean ken is just a fixture in the army community fixture in the quiet storm genre, he has really done his thing. Everything Kim puts out, he can just vibe to it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I believe he has some new music recently. Kim is always oh yeah, good. yeah. He's always putting out great. He has a single out now, kind of like a boppy little single, which is different for him. I want to say, is it Rick Ross or is it with Whiskey? I, I, can't, I can't remember. I think it's Rick Ross. Yeah, I think nice I heard it. Yeah, it's a nice little bop for the summer. Yeah, it's definitely a big shout out to Kim. I mean, this there was no way we could do the quiet storm without involving Kim in some mm-hmm. shape, some shape, form, or fashion. No pun to you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, his his voice does. It's like a shapeshifter. He has it so is. many different sounds to his voice. So I will say, he is the new Al Jarreau to me. Hey. <laughs> There you go. We'll take it. Heard it here. So we cannot do a quiet storm without some Frankie Beverly in May. Mm. So here is some Can't Get Over You mm. by Frankie Ooh, Beverly in May. I can enjoy this song. Yes. <laughs> I try to lose myself in song, but the tides are much too strong. What am I? That album right there, the mm-hmm. title cut, the title cut mm. alone, which is a tribute to Marvin Gaye. Frankie Beverly, what's the, what's the huh? What's the, name of, what's the name of the album? Silky Soul. Silky, yeah. Silky, Silky Soul Singer. Yeah. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time I hear this, I think of Frankie Beverly just standing up there with the cap on. That was a signature mm-hmm. look. And just tuning mm-hmm. this out. Perfect song yeah. for Quiet Storm. You know what, what bothers me? Let me tell you something that I remember that hurt me to my heart. They did a Lifetime Achievement Award for, I think it's Frankie Beverly made once of the BET Awards did. The BET Awards, I think, they gave Frankie Beverly a Lifetime Achievement Award, and he tried to sing some of the songs, but he just couldn't because his voice wouldn't let him. And that just really tore me oh. up because his his voice is just, just so... It was so, so mellow smooth. and smooth. I just know. so mellow, man. It's just, I mean, he's just all of the tracks by Frankie Beverly and Maze and just, just those tracks, man, just just kind of vibe out too and just do... Oh, man. But think about and, it, Marcus. I just hate that we can't... Think about this, though. They have been touring non-stop since the uh, 80s they're yeah. they're touring band and so i would not be surprised that his voice is probably not necessarily where it is needs to be now because i mean and he's older now so mm-hmm. I, but i feel you i feel you I, that you know that is a kind of a letdown when you're expecting to hear that golden voice of his yeah oh golden yeah. time of day 
Mm. <laughs> oh, <Ooh>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, on that album, Frankie Beverly wrote every song. Yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. I can believe that. He's just that talented. He's just that type of guy. You know, so I can definitely believe that. So, what's next, Kim? So, this is our last song. Oh, this was a good episode, y'all. But this is going to be Jodeci Stay. All right. It's safe to say that this particular song pretty much dominated the quiet storm <laughs> airwaves for all of 1991 and most of 1992, mm-hmm. probably most of the 90s, I would mm-hmm. suspect. There was no way you could hear, not just the quiet storm, but just radio period out to hear this song in particular. This, that was Josie's day. For the 1991 classic album, Forever My Lady, this song was, this was the second number one by Jodeci. It's been two weeks at number one on the R&B charts, peaked at number 40 in the Hot 100. And it's just a testament to the genius of Jodeci, man. I mean, they, they just did the thing. When they came out, they came out hard. They came out strong. And they've never looked back since then. And again, you think about White Swamp songs, this has definitely got to be a one that you had to have, have on your list. <laughs> Go, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. So, story time. Back in the day, I think our family may have been one of the only ones that had cable. So they came on Video Soul and sang Stay a cappella. And shout out to my brother, John Christopher Hazel. Me and my brother swore up and down that we were the only people that saw that. <laughs> and y'all know nothing about no Jodeci. Y'all ain't seen Jodeci before they were Jodeci. So y'all don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a solid song from them, solid release from their debut. I was never a huge Jodeci fan, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, believe I, it I or not. Tell. I can tell. Believe it or not, I, I, I don't know. I just the first two albums, Diary of a Mad Band, that album was awesome. That one I started paying more attention. I started paying more attention to them on the second album. Kind of similar how it was with Mary, even though I Me too. I love Mary, but I, you know, I, I didn't just, fall I didn't, in love with Mary yeah, to the second album. Right, just didn't like like her, you know. And then Jodeci was just kind of the same way. I was like, uh. but their sound did not. To me, their sound did not fit the image that they were pushing out, and, you know, which was kind of of uh, oxymoron. Think, you know, they I feel sound, you. Sounded very mature. <laughs> but I completely understand what you're saying. Then is when they were trying to put out the R&B singers with the hip hop clothes. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of looked different. Them and Mary both had the hip hop attire, but was singing R&B. So it's one of the things you had to get used to. And with Mary, that was one of the things I really wasn't feeling. What's the 411? But my life was like, oh, my God. So. 
But with Jodeci, I fell in love with Jodeci from the beginning. And that first album was very good. Now, where did you all first see Jodeci? Video Soul. So the first time I saw, well, it was Video Soul, but the first time I ever saw Jodeci, the first time I ever saw Mary J was with Father MC. Oh, that's right. Mary J yeah. Blige was singing back up. For five, for five MCs. They showing up with Father C. Father C. had a song. Uh, what was the Seem name? Seem like of the they wanna be treated. Wanna be that's that's it. You that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that that's was a groove. It. That was that was that's the groove. It. And they had a completely different image. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved that. I loved that. Oh, I, I, I cannot take away from their talent. I mean, Casey and JoJo carried the group. They did. They, they I mean, did. they're the only ones that can sing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the production skills of, what's the other one? Gosh, name just slipped my mind. Dal- Dalvin, Devante. Da- Devante, 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 mm-hmm. Devante and Dalvin's, Devante and Dalvin <laughs> Mr. were Mr. Dalvin and Devante. Right. But Devante was the main producer for mm-hmm. them. So, but how, did you all ever see, I, I think it was BET that did a spotlight into them when they were making their second album. And that's what intrigued me when I saw their recording process. They didn't record their parts all together. They had to go in individually and sing their sections. And Devontae would match them all up together and blend them together. I thought really? that was so interesting and very unique and intriguing. Maybe that was a process but the other producers took. I don't know. But I thought well, that was very interesting how they did that. Because you would think they would just be standing there, all the mics there, and just singing at once. But no, they would go in, they sing their section of the song, their part. Another one comes in, and then it's all blended together. I think there's a reason behind that. Because I think if you have everyone all in the same studio trying to sing together, it doesn't come out as clean as if, if the producer actually cuts it up and puts it together himself. And, you know, I'll add to that, too, Kim. I think also, (laughs) realistically, it makes it easier for them to take someone's vocals off if someone leaves the group. (laughs) Because now that I think about it, it's like, you know, (laughs) oh, you don't want to be in the group no more? We take your vocals out and then someone else will sing that part or whatever. And if they bring somebody new in. I was also thinking if somebody was kind of tipsy that particular day when you're trying to get something done, you just focus on the one person who who's ready to go and, you know. Which, you know what? That brings up this about Renee and Angela, because, you know, your smile, Renee was actually supposed to sing that song, but for whatever reason, he couldn't make that session and Angela sang it. And, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it turned out to be the, one of their most popular singles. And the catalyst to her going out on her own, knowing yeah. that she'd be successful. Without Marcus, what you got? Hey, I I, I love Josie. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, I believe I'm going to go see Jodeci next month in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. what's up. That's what's up. That's All what's four up. members? From what I understand, that may change between now and then. Oh, because Devontae's been the one that's been missing in action, it seems. Okay. As long as Casey and JoJo are there, I'm good. Right. You have to <laughs> definitely tell us how that show was. I definitely will. I definitely will. But I have to tell you how this show, this show was awesome as always. I want to thank some sauce. I got to thank my cousin, the co-host Kimberly and Byron for, for showing us such a great time today. This is going to wrap up our Quiet Storm episode, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back later on with another exciting episode. 
Uh, Jack, what you think? This was a banger, and we're going to have to do a part two. Um, because I still have like 10 other songs in my head that I need to at least put on the show. I've got 20. I've got 20. <laughs> well, you got 20. I got 40. How about that? <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> I love this episode. I feel so relaxed. Not to say that after doing our shows, I never feel relaxed, but I just feel so zenfied right now. Exactly. 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 Taking me down memory lane. So stay tuned for part two of the Cordic Storm because it's coming. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, don't just be good, but be good, good to each other. Thank you. Until next time. Bye, good, good family. Peace.